we get to kind of like live the special moments and also the sad moments because mm-hmm. yeah. obviously life deals you those blows. You kind of then you're their florist and their go to, and it's just we build a lot of personal relationships with the clients as well as professional, which I I've really enjoyed. Tell me your story. Tell me your story. How did it all start? Do you remember? Oh, I know what happened. How did it stop? You're now tuned into the Small Business Origins Podcast. I love an origin story. Each week, we dive into the real stories of entrepreneurs and businesses from across the nation. Who is he and what's his origin story? Who started with just an idea and are now making waves. I told you this was a good idea. This is Small Business Origins. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Small Business Origins. It's your host, as always, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer. You're tuned in to our nationwide search to find entrepreneurs all across the country with an interesting story to tell. Today's story actually comes from Tomball, Texas. I've got Mick and Maggie with Bramble and B. Mick, Maggie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Man, it's my pleasure. As always, we've got a personal connection, even though we've never met. And then we've got a business connection. You know, we have a client that comes to y'all, a client that comes to us. So uh, this feels like the podcast that was always supposed to happen. And it finally is. I couldn't be happier. So I'm excited to hop into it. But first, as always, we always start out with an icebreaker question. So today's icebreaker question is, as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I was very aspirational as a child. And even though it is absolutely nothing like what I'm doing now, I wanted to be a doctor from like a very young age. And then it morphed when I was old enough to know what kind of doctors you could have into wanting to very specifically be a plastic surgeon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good money I in that, I'm no sure. I have no idea why I wanted to be a plastic surgeon. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I started playing rugby, as you can guess, from my East Texas accent, not yeah. from these parts, <laughs> but around about 10 or 11 years old, I started playing rugby. I did that sort of semi-professionally up to being about 19. I wanted to do that carry on but unfortunately i didn't get signed professionally so i went into engineering from there but yeah definitely wanted to be a rugby player sportsman yeah i wasn't too far off as a kid from my current job i wanted to be a cop and then i just figured out being a firefighter is better you know (laughs) it's just a better job yes so i I, I lucked out and uh had a change in career and here i am today but for some reason man i guess it was probably my mother and my grandfather were both police officers Mm. so it was just kind of that, like, I want to follow in their footsteps type thing. And then as things change when you grow up, as you know, it just all of a sudden it was like, oh, go into EMS and then go into fire. And then here we are. I think I started that in 2005. So quite a few years later. Indeed. Awesome. Well, before we hop into our show, I always stop to take a second to talk about our partner in the show, the one who produces it, the one who edits it, the one who gets it out to the public. And that's Beefy Marketing. But BV marketing is not all about social media websites and all that kind of marketing stuff that we talk about every single episode. BV marketing can print your promotional items and custom shirts, jackets, and much more. When they say marketing, they mean marketing. And what better way to promote your business than wearing your logo on an amazing design on a t-shirt? Or maybe you need some uniform polos for all of your staff in the office. Or last but not least, maybe you want a really cool jacket like the one I'm wearing now. And if you can't see it, because you're listening to the audio version, you might want to tune into YouTube because this is a nice North Face jacket. We can put your logo right on it for you. Not a problem at all. Every year, Beefy Marketing attends a huge promotional products conference to make sure that they're bringing you items people don't want to throw away. Promotional items are huge. They're giveaways. They're gifts for your employees. They're things to give to your clients just to show appreciation. And Beefy Marketing is always there to make sure that the promotional items you're getting are top notch. Schedule a call today and see what Beefy can print for you. But back to the reason we're here. Mick, Maggie, Bramble, and B. let's start off with your personal story. Just tell me where you came from and how you decided to get into flowers. I grew up in Texas. Well, I was born in Texas and actually primarily grew up in California. I lived in California from the age of 10 until I was 19 and didn't want to move back to Texas. My family had moved back to Texas while I was in college and they tried to convince me that I wanted to transfer and go to A&M so I could be near them. But I was going to college in Santa Barbara on the beach. And I was like, "Mm, this is not a contest (laughs) yet. So I stayed in California as long as I could. And then, yeah, in an effort to not move back to Texas and sow my wild oats, I moved to Massachusetts for a little while. So I lived in in the Boston area for a while. 
I studied kinesiology in college. That's what my degree is in. And I wanted to be a physical therapist. So I took a job that was along those lines when I that allowed me to move to Boston. And I thought ultimately I would go to graduate school for physical therapy. I moved back to Texas in the hopes that I would apply to programs in the Houston area and get in and actually spent a couple of years applying, never got in. But it's fortuitous because now we are where we are. So I've lived in the Houston area now for almost 12 years. And we started, well, I started the business kind of as a side hustle almost 10 years ago in an effort to not have to work retail as a newlywed anymore. Because I hated those hours were the worst. Yeah, we've been married almost 10 years now, too, which is pretty great. And you can have you can have that part of the story. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so I grew up playing rugby when I didn't get signed professionally. My uncle and my brother were both engineers, and I was like, that seems like a great field to go into. I went into mechanical engineering because I like taking things apart and putting things back yeah. together. I was fortunate enough, I lived in a place called Sheffield, which is one of the biggest cities in England that nobody in the US has heard of. <laughs> Very industrial city. And I managed to get onto a training program where they, it's called a an apprenticeship, where basically you go to work and they pay for college. So it's day release to college, and you could also go to night school if it was work related. So ended up getting my engineering degree there. Worked at the end of my apprenticeship, became a test engineer for the products that they exported. Did a lot of travel, but it's great traveling for business, but it's very lonely. So. I decided I was in a relationship and decided to branch out, go some different manufacturing routes, anything from kind of like machine knives to engine car parts. And then I got the opportunity to become an operations manager, uh, the biggest private steel stockholder in the UK. And I was in charge of the head office. We had 110 staff, or I had 110 staff that I was responsible for including drivers, warehousemen. And that was like a, a 24-7 operation. Uh, thankfully, I only had to work Monday to Friday. And then that was the catalyst that kind of like brought me over here. During the downturn, the company wanted, sorry, in the 2009 uh, economic downturn. <laughs> yeah, which one? Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. They wanted to branch out and get into oil and gas. And a guy from the States came across pitched them a business idea, and then they opened, decided to open their first warehouse facility outside the UK. So they advertised internally for operations manager. They, had, they interviewed people over here but couldn't find somebody who was like the right fit, and they needed somebody who knew the health and safety systems, knew the quality systems, knew the environmental stuff because that's all what they're really known for in the UK, of like being on the cutting edge of, steel stock holding. So then they advertised internally. It was the right time, right opportunity for me. I came to Houston for a weekend, didn't even know where Houston was, <laughs> never been to the States before. But the two guys, the president and vice president, they were so personable and it just felt like the right time to move. And plus also there was some decent financial incentives, we'll say. And it was only supposed to be a, an initially a two year contract, but here I am 10 years later. So so you're still fully employed with a, a no. full-time? Okay. So we got married in 2013, like Maggie alluded to earlier. We had a conversation where it kind of sucked because I was off on the weekend and Maggie was working because she was working retail. And at the time, we were having to fly into London every time and then drive up to where my parents live which is about a four-hour drive. And on the way back down to come back to the States, Maggie was like, she kind of pitched me this idea of like, hey, retail sucks. I hate not seeing you on a weekend. I really love flowers. I think it's something I could either start as a side hustle or kind of get into and make a living from it. And I was like, okay, well, we can't financially let you do it full-time. So my challenge to her was, hey, Go get a bank account, get a DBA, get some training, and then also we need you to get a part-time job. And in typical Maggie fashion, 
within the first two weeks of the like next year in 2014 she'd done everything and that's when like bramble and b officially started which really started from the house that we was renting at the time so yeah i can talk about bramble and b origin story if you're ready for that you know what i have a question first how did y'all meet we met at church okay adorable yep it's kind of (laughs) kind of convoluted but not convoluted (laughs) were y'all in houston yeah okay we still go to the same church Oh, yeah. nice. Yep. So it's in the it's, yeah, it's in the woodlands. I came over here. I asked the vice president became him and his wife became like pseudo parents to me, even though I was 33 when I came across. They <laughs> they took me under their wing. Yeah, but we're we're dudes. So yeah. we need parents all <laughs> yeah. throughout our lives. Yes. Like, I think she was I think his wife was concerned that I wasn't feeding myself or something. It's <laughs> like nearly every weekend I was around Fridays and Saturdays. So they invited me to church and I I grew up on church in the UK and out of respect to him, he's like, Hey, what are you doing on Sunday? I was like, recovering from Saturday. Like, (laughs) what do you do on a Sunday morning? And he's like, no, you should come to church. Cause I told prior to coming over, I'd just become the godfather to my nephew and through the baptism, you like renounce the devil and all those things. Right. um, So it's having this discussion of, you know, maybe I should start taking that seriously and, and he's like, well, you should come to church. So I started coming to church and they played like modern music and the woman singing was amazing. And there was drums and a guitar and I was like, yep. hey, I love live music. So even if I'm not on board with like the whole church thing, at least there's nice people. But yeah, so that's been a journey in itself because I'm a faith and come to Christ and everything else. But Maggie also started coming to church roughly around the same time that i started going yeah so the wife of the vice president of the company that brought him across was my mentor for a really long time before we met okay so just connection after connection after connection it was like divine intervention almost yeah yeah so yeah they're still some of our dearest friends and we met at church got married that's killer yeah i was just curious because and that's the exact reason why. Like, it's so crazy mm-hmm. how connected y'all were, even though you're a world apart. Yeah. I was just like, how did they meet? Like, this is, it had to be MySpace or something, you know? And then, yeah. nope, it's church. And at least five or six times a year, we have a minute where we look at each other and we're like, 12 years ago when you were living in the UK, did you ever think you would be <laughs> doing X, Y, Z? And the answer is always no. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right, so we can we can hop into it. You know, it started out as a side hustle, and then 2014, two weeks later, you had everything you needed to go, and then yeah. when did that kind of become full-time? So I actually started doing flowers. I learned to do flowers at church also. I really wanted to be friends with this one woman at church, and she stood up one day and was like, I really need help with flowers if anyone's interested in helping. And I was like, can we be friends if I help? Yeah. So she kind of taught me everything she knew. I was always creative growing up, but I leaned more towards sciences and more like traditional academics, partly because I don't think I, I was a very high achiever and I don't think I ever associated the arts with making a living or doing anything like that. Yeah. So I didn't, I did art classes in college, but just as electives, never like leaned into anything in particular, but I always had some sort of artsy thing going. So even when I lived in Boston, I took a drawing class. When I was in college, I did painting here and there and that kind of stuff. But just as a fun on the side, I started helping this woman at church with flowers. I would not have said in my earlier days that I was particularly artistic. Like I'm not a very good painter. I'm not a very good drawer. But with flowers, it kind of found my medium. So I realized that I actually could put flowers together in a in a nice way without too much effort. And that was great. Cool. We're going to lean into that a little bit. <laughs> so I did flowers with the church for About six months before somebody at the church came to the flower ministry and was like, hey, my daughter's getting married. Can you guys do the flowers for it? And we were like, yeah. And by we, I mean, Jennifer, my friend, was like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, can we? We know how to do this. Okay, great. (laughs) So we did that first wedding together at the church. And shortly after that, someone else was like, hey, I know you guys did this wedding. Can you could you do my daughter's wedding? And Jennifer was like, well, I, I can't, but Maggie probably can. So. We did our first kind of random wedding. And I say we because even though Mick was working full time, he still very much was involved, mostly in talking me off of ledges and helping me deliver and set up. But I have always referred to the business as a collective we because I never wanted it to just be me. So hopefully it's not confusing when I'm when I say we 
in the early not to me i don't know about the listener but i get it 100 percent. i'm married great yeah so we did our first random strangers wedding and once we did that i had a realization where i was like well at the very least i could go part-time in retail if i can do a wedding here and there and then maybe i won't have such crappy hours and that would be great until i figure out what i'm actually going to do with my life we can balance (laughs) between flowers and retail and this is not to discredit retail. Also, I am one of those weirdos who actually really loved working retail. But as a newlywed, the hours really did. Suck. Oh, yeah. It's just. Yeah, it's hectic. And I was in management at retail. also, so I, I worked for a company called Anthropology, which and I think I worked for Anthropology in its heyday, which I also think contributed to a lot of the entrepreneurialism and the creativity that ended up in the flower business, because that place is an incredibly creative place to work. It's also been really helpful because I was the hiring and training manager when I worked for anthropology. So my entire job was hiring people, training them, interviews, all of that. So it's, I think it's helped me to be a better people person in my own business. You have to have a good team around you. So if you don't know how to build and cultivate that team, then that's when it goes to crap. You may be great at flowers, but if you're not great at people, you're not going to have a good shot. That makes sense. Exactly. And I think I stayed in retail for as long as I did because I have a customer service. I'm skilled at customer service. Right. Which translates to any industry. doesn't matter what you're doing. Oh, 100%. And you enjoyed the discount. I also enjoyed the discount. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Yeah, so I did a holiday season at Anthropology, And my target in September was to hire 80 people in three weeks for a holiday. God. And after we did that and I was working on scheduling, I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And so we went. That was the year we went to the UK for Christmas. I had the realization that I probably could do flowers if I hustled a little bit. And so we got back January and and I hit the ground running. And yeah, so I did. I'm self-taught ish. My friend at church obviously taught me everything she knew. But then I just kind of kept playing with flowers. And I didn't know anything about the flower industry when we started. And in my head, the flower industry is a flower shop. That's that's what you do with flowers. You right. open a flower shop and you sell arrangements to whoever calls and wants them delivered. But there's an entire side to the industry that's focused on weddings. And in the last 10 to 15 years, there's been a lot of people who lean into that side and actually never dabble in retail flowers. So we started out entirely as a wedding business, which means you don't have to have a storefront. You don't have to have set hours. Right. You're by appointment only when you're meeting with a bride. And then you can work wherever you need to work in order to get your flowers done and you deliver them to the venue. So it's actually zero dollars to start a wedding business, which right. is great. I know. <laughs> hey, that's, that's why, <laughs> well, that's why I have an event services company, because yeah. Yeah. we do DJ and live yeah. streaming and photo booth for weddings. Yeah. All kinds of events. But yeah. weddings is one of them. And I don't need like this office, though it houses us. Yeah. I don't need it. Yeah. Everything can fit in my garage. Exactly. So. Yeah. And we initially we weren't terribly picky about what client we worked with, but now in the wedding industry, it's pretty great because we've made a name for ourselves based on the particular design style that we have. So clients come to us because they want our work and we don't necessarily have to cater to what they want doing a style that doesn't bring us joy, but that's down the line. Yeah. So for about six months, we probably closer to a year, I did weddings out of our house and I would meet brides at Starbucks and we would talk through their vision and all of that. And yeah, then we lived in a... Arrangements were usually on the kitchen side as I, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd come home and we were eating out that night. And if I wanted a shower, I had to go out in the yard because yep. the bathtub was full of foam <laughs> and flowers. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah, we had about stuff, but... 900 square feet that we lived in at the time. And most of it was taken up with flowers any given weekend. So after about a year, we I was working part time in retail at that point. Though I also got suckered into management again, just because I had. So I was doing retail management from Sunday through Wednesday and then doing weddings Wednesday to Saturday. God. And yeah, it was it was a hustle. Your hours went crazier probably (laughs) than if you had just stayed full time retail. And this is the thing we still laugh about where I was like, I want to be a florist. I want to own my own business. So I'll have more time with you. I'll have weekends. We'll have more flexibility. False. Yeah. It's a different type of busy and scheduling conflicts now. but. We still work every single weekend. Yeah. So about a year in, I had the opportunity to move into a studio space with some other other wedding industry professionals with a wedding planner, a wedding photographer and a cake baker. And we were all sharing a workspace. We actually downgraded like 
again, you know, I'm an accidental entrepreneur. I did not intend to run a business. We were figuring out as we go. And this seemed like a great opportunity. It was in a cute little house in River Oaks. And we all got a room to work in, which in theory is great. I was the only one doing actual physical work in my space. They were all just meeting clients. So it was a really beautiful little house that was designed to, you know, make a bride feel really cozy and trust all the people who were working on her wedding. But I had 125 square feet where we were producing two weddings a weekend. Wow. And I'm sure all the people I shared this space with hated us, but it was so good for our business because we overflowed every single week. And that means the wedding planning company is having brides come in to meet and I've got flowers all over their meeting space. And it just kind of like our business exploded at that point for us. So I think we increased the first year that we did weddings. I did about 12. The second year we did about 24. And then the third year, it just kind of continued to exponentially grow. So we worked in that space for about a little under a year before we, well, pretty early on, we knew we needed bigger space. And Mick was working, his office was near the airport. My business obviously was downtown. We were living in Magnolia. And so both <laughs> of us were commuting yes. about 45 minutes to an hour each way to Yikes. our respective places. And Tomball, where we are now, is right in the middle of all of those places. So we used to meet at Cisco's, the Mexican restaurant downtown yep. for dinner. And we're driving down the road at one night going to dinner and found a building that was for lease. And we were like, that's a big old space. That could be a flower shop. And more divine intervention. We needed someone to take over our lease downtown. And we found some people who wanted to do it, which was great. So I got out of my lease downtown early. Yeah. And the space had already been, it'd been revamped because I think it used to be a lawyer's office and it had mm. like separated walls. But it's, it's an accountant. Yeah. Accountant. Yeah. Sorry. And it's just, though, it's 2,200 square feet of just open space. Yeah. Which again is different from traditional flower shops because if you come into our shop, you can shop the giftables at the front, but you'll also see us doing wedding prep at the back and you can come and look at the wedding flowers and everybody loves just coming and seeing what we're doing yeah. as well. But yeah, that was kind of crazy. Like I was like, I don't know how we can do it, but even if we have to pay rent on both spaces, we need to figure it out. But we had an understanding from the people that we were renting the space downtown. They were like, oh, sure, go look, find Find yourself a bigger space, you need a bigger space. And then when we said, oh, we found a bigger space, they was like, oh, well, you've still got so many months left on your agreement here. And mm. we was like, oh, okay. But then again, like Maggie said, Divine Intervention and some other friends who are florist also, they've been working out of their respective garages and they needed a space to store things and meet clients and do what we were doing. Right. So they took over our lease. So that released us released us from the lease mm -hmm. <laughs> so then yeah we we started repainting the shop and fitting it out and august of 2016 we moved into our space that we're in now we never intended to be a retail shop because it is a lot of work to make money in retail flowers it is mm. less nope it's more work in smaller amounts of time to make money in wedding and event floral gotcha so i never wanted to be a retail florist but when we opened, when we moved into the space we're in in Tomball, it has a storefront on a main street. So we decided to add retail flowers. And yeah, that was 2016. So we do both retail flowers and wedding and events. We're, we still specialize in wedding and events. We do, depends on the year. And COVID has thrown everything into chaos. But typically we do between 80 to 100 weddings in a year. God. Yeah, it's yeah. intense. We do funerals. Daily deliveries, baby showers, bridal showers, anything that you might want flowers for yeah. or on, That's we been, will do it. <laughs> I think one of the coolest things, like if we'll do a wedding for somebody, if then the bride's doing a, a bridal shower or there's a special birthday or we get to kind of like live the special moments and also the sad moments because mm -hmm. obviously yeah. life deals you those blows. You kind of then, you're their florist and their go-to and it's just we build a lot of personal relationships with the clients as well as professional, which I, I've really enjoyed. That's the part of entrepreneurship that means the most to me is the fact that you are able to have that personal relationship because I'm very much so that type of salesman. Like if we don't have a relationship, I don't want to sell to you. I don't want to just 
sit there and knock on somebody's door and say, hey, I'm here to sell you something, mm-hmm. sell it, and then leave. Like, I want to know you. I want to be friends with you. Yeah. Go out and have drinks. Go out and eat. You know, whatever the case may be, we're here to kind of be a partner. And yeah, it's yeah. like, if I wasn't that way as an entrepreneur, it just wouldn't be enjoyable to me. Yeah. Customer service is one of my favorite things. So I can relate to that. I think that kind of segues into the type of flower shop that we opened because there are flower shops. I mean, there's like four flower shops within a five mile radius. Right. So did Tombaugh need another flower shop? Probably not. But we were opening here anyway. And we kind of call ourselves the anti-flower shop flower shop. So like I don't do traditional flowers. We don't do a dozen red roses in a vase with baby's breath. We don't do prom corsages. We don't do the like more traditional things that you think of when you think of old school flower shops. Our shop specializes in using specialty flowers and designing them in a like more garden style. So mm-hmm. they're more organic arrangements. We use a lot of locally grown flowers and we use a lot of flowers that you don't find at grocery stores or at traditional florists like garden roses and other. I mean, I can list a lot of names of flowers, but it doesn't make a whole lot of difference to <laughs> listeners. So I mean, I don't yeah. <laughs> I just don't even know what we're talking about yeah. without seeing it. So <laughs> exactly. So our flowers don't look like. If you called the other flower shop and asked them for a vase arrangement, our vase arrangement will look very different. And we have been very intense about making sure that our client knows what you are ordering is this. Is this what you're expecting? And we're not the flower shop for everybody, but we're the flower shop for a lot of people. And we have clients now that like don't even ask us for anything. Actually, our shop specializes in retail flowers in a designer's choice arrangement. You don't even you don't even know what you're going to get. You just know that it's going to be good. (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah and people's kind of just taking that ride with us because mm-hmm. we instead of trying to figure out hey we need to buy these flowers for the wedding these flowers for retail we basically we when we started out we're like we'll just pull from the wedding up to like thursday or friday for retail and then we'll just backfill if mm-hmm. we're sure any and the way that we design for weddings we're taking into seasonal availability and seasonal design so your retail flowers end up being fresher and prettier and more seasonally appropriate just because you're letting us pick whatever right yeah it's the top of the line stuff that's available now not exactly can i scrounge around and find something exactly it's like having crawfish out of crawfish season yeah yes we don't want to do that (laughs) yeah we don't want peonies and not peony season right I don't know what that means, but yeah. somebody listening does. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a flower guy, so this is a very interesting show for me because there's so much to learn about it. Yeah. How much goes into a wedding as far as flowers? Like how many different pieces are you putting together and what do we call them? Like yeah. all that stuff. So we again we've been doing this for 10 years and we It took us a minute to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and I also am a little bit of a people pleaser, so I wanted to be able to do flowers for anyone and everyone that came to us. But again, we were finding ourselves doing 100 weddings a year, and that's not a sustainable, it's not sustainable for a small team of people mm-hmm. who want to have any sort of life outside of work. So we started kind of scaling up what we do. So we do have a minimum that we charge for full service weddings, which means that our team is going to fully come on site for your wedding. We're going to install all your flowers. We're going to come back at the end of the night. We're going to take it all down so that you don't have to touch any part of that decor. And for that, we charge a minimum of $10,000. We had to figure out how to accommodate everybody because it hurts my heart. But <laughs> I, I understand that $10,000 is a... And it hasn't it, always been $10,000. Right. It's just as we've... We've scaled up as we've gone. Because sure. We and been to be asked able to, to do bigger events and yeah. everything. We and we to know to manage workload. Yeah. And we've, we're trying to do the bigger events where we don't have to take on as much work mm-hmm. so we can concentrate doing what we're doing really well yeah. and execute it excellently. Sorry. Banging <laughs> on the desk. I'm sure that sounds amazing <laughs> for people who's listening. But yeah, we'd rather do less events, but the bigger events and like say execute them to a T like we do and the the pride that we take in the work rather than rushing and trying to get one done so half the team can leave to go to do another mm-hmm. one because we did do that when we was at a lower minimum sometimes we do five to seven events a week God, yeah like starting on a thursday yeah. through to sunday and we're not a big team we're not a big team and we're really fortunate there's a, a a ton of really talented people who love to do flowers but they're not interested in owning a business so they'll come and they'll freelance for you which is great for us as a small business mm-hmm. because 
you only carry the overhead when you need to. Right. So like when you've got an event, you staff up accordingly. But when you haven't got events or it's just normal day-to-day stuff, you're not thinking, I've got to make that payroll, et cetera. That's a whole other conversation about the industry that's that you can make a living as a freelance florist. In case you, yeah. in case anyone's interested, you can be a freelance florist when you grow up. And travel the world. Yeah. But getting us back to what goes into a wedding. So for us, a full-scale wedding is typically your full bridal party. And we're in Texas. So brides got a lot of bridesmaids. Yep. Typically, we see anywhere from like four to ten bridesmaids. I think we had six at our wedding. Yeah. <laughs> six on each side. Pretty so. standard. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do some sort of installation for a ceremony. So a beautiful ceremony arch or a cross with decor with flowers and decor on it. Moving into the reception space, we'll have centerpieces for all your tables. Typically, we have low centerpieces and tall, like more grand centerpieces. And we love doing we kind of specialize in installations. So hanging flowers from ceilings or building walls out of flowers, doing that kind of thing. That was kind of my jam, wasn't it? Yeah, I was doing a lot of figuring out the mechanics of Maggie's like, hey, I want to hang this from here. And how do I do it? And I don't mechanical engineer brain go build yeah, something. Right. So <laughs> so we do full service weddings as our primary gig, but we wanted to cater to everybody or be able to cater to everyone. So we also offer a la carte weddings for any budget. That just means that we're not going to come set it up for you. So you tell us what you want. We'll design it all. It's going to be incredible and amazing. It'll be ready and packed up in boxes at the shop for you or your wedding party team to pick up en route to the wedding or the day before so that way if you want our design style we can accommodate just about anything yeah Mm -hmm. i mean and i think it's important too that people understand the work that goes into this stuff like it's not just somebody decided hey you know what i want to make a bunch of money so you know i want to do less events i'm going to charge ten thousand dollars for it. it's like no there's a whole team going into Mm -hmm. this there has to be money to make and like you said the quality will suffer yeah Mm -hmm. and so the service industry i think we all get a bad rap yeah. of, well, you know, you're so expensive and it's just not necessary. Your cost is so low. And yeah. It's like, well, you know, supply and demand yeah. along with the quality you want. And I think in, in the floral industry, I know the wedding industry in general gets a bad rap. And a lot of people have the assumption that because it's a wedding, we're going to charge more for it or, any, or something like that, yep. which is untrue. I've heard that and several debunking times. Debunking this myth, our retail flowers are the same as our wedding flowers. But the cost of flowers is insane even in just the 10 years that we've been doing flowers the cost of flowers to me has almost doubled so and our cost to our brides has not doubled so that's it's a little tricky it's a little tricky managing expectations because i do think we get a lot of people who are like that's really expensive and you're like i wish i could say i was making a huge amount of money on it right but i'm not (laughs) well and it is expensive (laughs) but is it worth it to you yeah exactly because not everyone's your client yeah but there's there's also like I think there's we've talked tons about it and we talk with our peers as well about a lot of people don't understand the there's there's like so much knowledge that Maggie's got of different types of flowers mm-hmm. and what's in season and yeah you can use your wholesaler as like hey I'm after this is it available this time but Maggie's we're sourcing flowers from all over the world we're planning weeks in advance of the actual event and Mm -hmm. then we actually start like if we're delivering a a wedding on a saturday we'll start prepping on a tuesday so we'll get all the flowers in you have to condition the flowers like they come in from a wholesaler but then you have to like treat them in a certain way some flowers you have to put you have to boil a kettle and you have to cook wow do like a fresh cut and then pour boiling water on the ends of them to like seal the stems and then there's other flowers you have to like use in a certain way and you have to take so many of the leaves off if you don't take the leaves off they'll start rotting in the bucket and then there's as you're arranging you've got to like manipulate them in a certain way so they look the best on on that day so there's just so much that goes into it like all Mm -hmm. the hard goods that you've got to procure and think about and again like supply issues as every industry's face yep we've really hit it like just some something simple we use a certain type of glue. It's like a, a rubber glue, especially for flowers, a cold glue. And literally all the wholesalers in the entire US have like been out of it. So you're trying to source it and, you know, usually you can pick up a tube around the 6 or $7 mark from a wholesaler to resort into finding somebody on Amazon who supply and demand, yep. $22 a tube. But you can't 
you can't pass that cost on yeah. to the client at that point. Right. We wrote all the costs and planning for this wedding nine months before. Yep. We had to go procure everything. So, and it happened, you know, the glue was a big issue. Also flowers. There was really, we get a lot of flowers from Central and South America. And there was really terrible weather in Central and South America. We planned, again, we're planning for an April wedding starting in October. Right. And there's a torrential rainstorm that wipes out the crop of white roses that we needed for this April wedding in February. So now we have to pivot and figure out where we're going to find white roses, as is everyone else in the yeah. globe who wanted white roses for that week in April. There's so many variables that, again, I, I knew nothing when we started a flower business, but the learning curve has been steep and we feel like we've... Just when we feel like we've mastered it, something else exciting happens. So we'll see what's going to happen this year. So on the retail side, if I'm just looking to swing by and grab mm -hmm. something for the wife or something for your mom or, you know, something along those lines, what is kind of like your cheapest options that you have mm -hmm. available for that? So we do kind of two styles of design. We do a wrapped bouquet that comes in a cute little brown paper bag. It doesn't have a vase on it because we assume that a lot of people already have a gazillion vases yep. and you don't need another one to <laughs> throw away from me. So you can do a wrapped bouquet and typically those start around $50 okay. and go up from there. And we do also do vase arrangements because sometimes you don't have a vase. And our vase arrangements typically start around $65, $70 and go up from there. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not even like as a whole, you're super expensive. Yeah. I mean, I would say you're middle of the road yeah. as far as your competitors are concerned. Yeah. And then because of your style, yeah. yeah, it's not even a competition. So Yeah. And I think something that's interesting, something that I didn't know going in, but a lot of we do occasionally get pushback on prices. And usually it's to say, well, the grocery store has 12 roses, <laughs> oh, has a dozen man. roses for $19. Grocery stores own flower farms. They own the farms that they're getting their flowers from. So there's no, they're not having to source anything. They're planting exactly what they need and they don't, it doesn't cost them the same that it costs me to source the flowers. So, but also the quality of flowers you're going to get from me is going to be way better That's than the, the grocery thing. store flowers. So, yeah, I know that yeah. my wife would much rather have a $50 and not yeah. just because of price, but the quality yeah. difference and where it came from matters yeah. too. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, it, Chris Lee and I, you know, your brother-in-law, our mm -hmm. personal connection, we were just talking about this, I think yesterday at the fire station and we're like, yeah, you know, the thing is Gucci bags, everybody wants a Gucci bag and they want to pay $2,000 for a Gucci bag. And it's like, why? Yeah. Because of the name on it. Yeah. You know, and there's quality differences. Don't get me wrong. A $20 Walmart purse doesn't hold up to a $2,300 Gucci bag. But at the same time, there is something to say about, hey, this particular style, this particular florist does something that people mm -hmm. enjoy and love. And even though it may look similar or, you know, the quality may be similar, it's still not that person's work. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that you've kind of built that audience that enjoys your style is pretty amazing. Yeah. I do feel like we kind of skipped over the part where Mick came on full time. Just so, so no one I is did confused. have that question. Yeah, yeah I had that Mick question kind of lined up. He doesn't just uh, <laughs> crash our podcast. So he, recordings. you came here expecting a two year contract and then you were going to fly home. Yeah, basically I have a, uh, he's now 15 year old, going to be 16 in February with my first wife and he lives in the UK with his mom. Like I say, I was in the middle of all that messiness of figuring that out and living with my mom came over here and I was like, well, at least it's a two-year contract. Financially, it sounds like a good idea. If it's just two years, that's cool. Obviously, on my faith, started dating Maggie, got married to Maggie, and I'm actually a US citizen now. So I always say I'm kind of like living awesome. the immigrant's dream. <laughs> Are you and, dual and citizenship? I'm, or No, just... Okay, so you fully just said... Yes. I'm done. Live here. Yes. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yes. That's a huge, I don't think we put enough emphasis on how much it takes to become a citizen. Yeah. Uh, so that's a I, huge accomplishment. I was, I was fairly fortunate. The green card situation I got through work and mm -hmm. got before I got married, despite what some people may say. <laughs> yeah. I, I know what happened now. Yes. I got it. Yeah. yeah. But then I, I finally became a citizen. I did that off my own back after I uh, quit work. But yeah. So. We started the company, I was employee number, was I number four? I think I was number four. Yeah, employee number four in the oil and gas company. We, again, we supplied raw material to people like Halliburton, Baker Hughes, Slumberger, people like that. And I was able to like build the warehouse and lay out how I wanted. We ended up with two product lines. We had 60 employees, majority operational or health and safety I had a lot of those employees under my belt, 
but I knew that it wasn't, well, I've always been entrepreneurial, but I've never had that eureka, like, hey, I'm going to do this. I can do this differently and I can do it better than anybody else. I've never had that idea. But when Maggie, like, she showed this incredible talent for arranging flowers and I had that sort of business training from being an operations manager, kind of like it fueled me to like try and help her as a business person because she loves being creative. She'll tell you that she can either be creative or a business person. It's hard for her to be kind of both at once. Different sides of the brain, yeah, man. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think, why, why we've worked so well together. And I was already doing, you know, I, I do the bookkeeping, sales tax, property tax, payroll, all that other boring side of the business, which people, because I think my family still think that we stare at each other across a flower bench as we arrange flowers together, but we are an actual legitimate business. So I was kind of doing that and my operational role. But again, like Maggie said, I was working Monday through Friday, but then like usually like Wednesday night through Friday night, I was at the shop building things. And then also the weekends I was helping deliver and execute weddings. And it just got to a point where we were kind of busy enough for me to come on board full time. And I kind of like, I started setting my team up at work in the oil and gas job to kind of succeed on the realm without me being there because my boss he was like fully supportive of what i was doing right but he was shocked when i handed my notice in (laughs) and to be fair i think again it was one of those another leap of faith that we took i could probably have gone another year in the oil and gas to just set up financially a bit better than where we were but i was like i've always worked i've always a worker so I was like, okay, we're going to, I'm going to take a leap of faith. It's the right time for me to step out. But if I need to, if we don't generate enough business, then I'll go work at Starbucks, Lowe's, <laughs> what, what, whatever I need to do to pay the bills. Right. So, but yeah, it's not, it's not come to that yet. Yeah. <laughs> but that just the potential of me stepping out and being full time, then freed Maggie up to then go, you know, invest more time going to work with other really well-known florists all around the US and see how they do it and also get, you know, like a feel for the bigger events and things like that. And then also go and see like wedding planners and go to all like the social events and all things the like that. Yep. That needs to happen as, as part of a business. And then we just slowly grew from there. So yeah, February 2018, I came on board full time and here we are. Yeah. Short period of growth, it seems like too. Yeah, it feels you both know. short and also when you think about it, you're like, oh, it's been 10 years. That's actually yeah. that's a long time to own a business. It has, but I think also we haven't really touched on, I think at the time, the style that we're well known for, there, wasn't, there weren't many people in the Houston area doing that at an affordable price point. Plus also, Maggie's excellent at curating the, her Instagram or the Bramble and Bee Instagram. And I really feel that is another, like how we exploded, like kind of onto the scene. A lot of people, they said at the time, I mean, we're, I haven't looked for ages and we probably lost a few along the way, but we're like over 16,000 followers on Instagram. Wow. And we haven't absolutely, I can swear on a Bible or whatever. We've never bought followers. It's all been organic growth. And it's amazing if you go on our website and you request for a consultation, there's a place where it's who can we thank for referring you is one of the questions we ask on the intake form. And it's always Google, it's word of mouth, it's a lot of the time, probably 70% is I've followed you on Instagram and now I'm getting married, I'd love for you to do our flowers sort of thing. And now it's fun because we've been in Tomball long enough that we have a lot of families who have been coming in for retail flowers since their children were in high school. And now they've graduated college and they're getting married and we get to do yeah. their flowers, which is really cool. Also makes me feel really old, but <laughs> it's like a generational yeah. business. Like yeah. You get once they're finally having kids, they're going to want yeah. flowers for that. And then once their kids yeah. are growing we're, up, they're going to want do flowers baby for that. And... For our brides all the time. Yeah. It's awesome. So 
Speaking of the storefront and everything else, just kind of walk us through becoming a customer yeah, and what we can expect of that process and how we need to contact you. Yeah. So you can, we can almost always do flowers day of. So we, if you need last minute flowers, definitely try. We'll do our best. We can certainly do flowers for you if you give us 24 hours advanced warning, but you can very easily go to our website and see what flowers we have available for the week order via the website if you don't want to talk to anybody or if you need a little bit more handholding just call the shop and any of the people who answer the phone can absolutely take a flower order for you you are welcome to stop in we don't often keep flowers just ready made in the cooler because we want the arrangements to be as fresh as possible mm. for you so a little advanced warning is helpful to the team and the more warning you get the cooler the flowers we can get for you so special requests like a week in advance would be great but if you're open to whatever beautiful stuff we have, you literally just have to call the shop and we will get you sorted. And we do local deliveries. So we deliver, I think, within a 15 mile radius. Yeah. So we do Woodlands and yeah. Cypress area. Yeah. But we've tried to make Magnolia it as easy as possible. And, you can yeah. also order flowers directly from our Instagram. So if you're looking at something that you like on Instagram, you can click shop now. I think that's the big thing. With Instagram, Pinterest, and all that too, is it's like I get to see mm-hmm. the product and what you have. And it's not like I always hesitate ordering like shoes or clothes yeah. from Amazon or something like that because I don't know if it's going to fit right. You know, I can look at it, think it looks cool, and then it shows up and it looks totally different. But with this, at least you get to see a variety of your products and know even if there's a variation, I can see the differences. Yep. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm assuming obviously nothing is the same. Nope. You know, you're not going to come and buy something on Monday and then the next Monday or the next Monday come back and it's going to be the same exact product. Even if you order the same thing, still going to have some variation there. Exactly. Yeah. Even like not just the retail, the brides who will come in with, they've got a Pinterest board that they've been building and like, yes, we can do something in that style, but number one, we don't want to copy somebody else's Absolutely not. Work because that wouldn't be fair to the person who created it in the first place. And also we don't want to come up short of their expectations so we are going to do something similar but it's going to be that bramble and be spin on it yeah so what if i have you know, like my wife and again i'm not a flower guy yeah. so don't we don't get on me here you, don't worry. but like a i think she used to call them stargazer stargazer lilies yeah. yes okay so if i have a, a flower like that that i want and i say i want you to surprise me mm-hmm. but you know, that's her favorite flower. So yeah. we can throw that in there. That's something y'all do. Absolutely. Yep. But again, with special requests, advanced warning is helpful. Oh, yeah. sure. Because <laughs> we, we can't just drop everything, yeah. run downtown, <laughs> go to the wholesaler. Because they may not, the wholesaler may not have them. Right. Stargazers are a popular flower. Yeah. But yeah. And we also, there's other things we offer, which we're doing subscriptions where people can, they can go month to month or they can pay for like three deliveries, five deliveries, whatever they want, and they can pick the dates. And, you know, we usually do kind of like Valentine's Day, wife's birthday, Christmas-ish. This is what we did for our husbands who are not flower guys. You can call the shop one time, give us all your important dates, and we will make sure she gets a delivery on all those dates, and you don't have to ever call us back. And I think that's probably the smartest (laughs) thing for me because I'm not the one that gives you the advanced warning. I'm usually the one walking into Kroger and it's like, okay, cool. Let me check my watch. Yep. Got about 10 minutes till I get home and need to give her this. So let me see if I can find something on the way home. Yeah. Yeah, And that helps us, you know, like with the subscriptions, if there are particular flowers, Mm -hmm. you know, it'd be up on the board. We've got a system, obviously me being operations based, I've tried to like implement Hard with creatives, but I've tried to like put as many systems. Poor guys wrangling a team of creatives, and and then you have you have it double because not only are they creatives, but one of them is your wife, so she's going to do whatever she wants to do anyway. Correct. Yeah, (laughs) it's kind of funny. Most people, the rest of the staff are kind of on board with it. They like procedures, and then it's like, oh well, that's Maggie. Yeah, she does what she wants. We struggle with that in this office all the time because it's like half of what we do is creative, and then the other half is straight business, Mm -hmm. and it's like, well. We like both, but again, uh, similar to you, it's hard to shut off that side and say, okay, I've got to get into creative mode because if I'm in business mode, then it's like anything creative seems like a chore, you know, and then vice versa. If I'm in that creative mode, you know, if I'm podcasting, if I'm doing something, it's like, oh, we have a sales meeting. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go to the sales meeting. Yeah. I just want to sit here and do what I'm doing. Yeah. Awesome. So Instagram, what's your handle on there? It's at Bramble and B all spelled out. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I'm assuming to Facebook. Yeah. Y'all have Pinterest. Pinterest, not so much. Okay. We have a Pinterest, but it, you know. Not as. Yeah. We use yeah. it more Instagram, for. Instagram, I'm assuming, is going to be the big one where you're yeah. going to find the most stuff in there. Definitely. Yeah. So find you on all the social platforms. Yeah. Find you online. Yeah. I think, honestly, we've covered so much. Indeed. We can and talk for days. I never thought that I'd be talking for almost an hour about flowers, but, you know, <laughs> here I am living the dream. And I can't thank y'all enough for coming in and having this discussion with me because it has been kind of an eye opener. So uh, we just launched a whole new, we have our website, beefymarketing.com forward slash origins, which tells kind of like all the story of the podcast and has the episodes and stuff. But we just checked into this new thing called a pod page. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to put y'all as a guest on our pod page so that people can also go there and check you out. And that's just podpage.com forward slash small dash business dash origins. And then they can ask y'all some questions. You know, we can kind of throw that stuff out there. Cool. Maybe get you on social media and do like a live Q&A or something. And yeah, we'll yeah. do what we can. Because I know people are going to have a ton more questions. I still probably have a ton more questions, but, you know, I think we we hit it pretty well. So cool. Indeed. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you all again for coming in. And listeners, viewers, thank you all for tuning in for another episode of Small Business Origins. We can't thank you enough for supporting small businesses and entrepreneurs just like Mick and Maggie here. If you're looking for something for that special loved one, make sure you stop by their shop, order online, give them a call, but give them a heads up as we talked about (laughs) uh, and let them do something special for that loved one you have in your life. I know that I am definitely that guy who will forget about Valentine's Day and everything else. I can't even tell you what day in February it is. Is it? Is the it the same day? Yeah, it's same always day every the 14th. Always same the 14th. <laughs> I was going to say the 12th for some reason. Close enough. So this is why I need Bramble and B in my life because yeah. they can take care of all that stuff for you. So as always, you saw another episode. You listened to another episode. You got to hear an awesome business. Bramble and B, Mick and Maggie. Thank them. Thank you, listeners. And as always, stay beefy, my friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Business Origins. I love an origin story. If you like what you just heard, leave us a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. You guys, check this out. They're going to love it. You're going to love it. 